call the spec sheet now at 573-837-4948. This is the spec sheet. Curtis Thornton, the Internet's premier technology podcast. On this broadcast, we're accepting tech support calls only from middle-aged black females named Lois. Call the show now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's the spec sheet. Sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven. What's up, Curtis? Hey, excited about the uh, the news of you taking over as a CEO of Microsoft. Yeah, as I texted you the other day and said, they clearly are listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. there's no doubt about that. And by the way, I'm going to go ahead and add this person to my Skype contacts. But uh, for those of you who want to call in over Skype. The thing to do, actually, is to call the Skype phone number for this show in Skype rather than adding uh, our username to your contact list because if you dial the 573-837-4948 from within Skype, it'll call us just as a PC-to-PC -PC call. It won't actually do it as a conventional phone call, so you'll get through sounding just as a normal human being would sound if they were to place a Skype call. Um... I'll make another plea. We're trying to get the ga the Gabcast set up, and the, the 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 whole problem here seems to be getting people to send in just a quick audio sample of themselves yeah. talking. I think people are kind of off put by that, but I mean, you know, I gotta see how you sound. What? <laughs> okay. Well, can you set up like a Dropbox or some free? sharing service where everybody could listen to it well i wanted people just to post it as an attachment in the ufo ship thread for that purpose but no yeah. one no one has done so and some people like pony boy sunset comes to mind when i asked her to submit it she kind of just walked away from the whole thing i guess she was so off put by the notion because she's called the show but it's not the same hearing your voice over an uncompressed uh audio channel versus over a phone it, it's just not the same you know and right. also oh, calling yeah. into a talk show is way different than just sitting there talking about something for a couple of minutes and so that's all it comes down to we just want to hear you speak for a couple of minutes about something i mean yeah. we're not expecting perfection i myself am not capable of perfection uh shocking as that may be i'm not and so nobody's expecting that of you either. But just, uh, the, I'm, I'm guessing the easiest way here is just going to be for people to email it. It's mv at ufoship.com. That's mv at ufoship.com. If you want to host the Gabcast, we're going to need a total of about three or four hosts. I'd like to have a nice round table for every episode. 
that mm-hmm. I don't I think that so. type of thing works too well for this type of podcast, but it is a good thing in that context to have a whole bunch of voices. And, yeah, I uh, agree. But we've not yet got a single one, so yeah, uh, we have a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I would offer to help out on it, but I'm definitely not the right person for it. Well, you are in, in terms, terms of, of being someone who does read the form regularly. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but you're already doing this show. To be able to get in there. Yeah, you're already right. doing this show. It's right. a fine show. What do you need? Do you have exactly. to be involved in everything, Curtis? Do you, well, you have know, to nuzzle up and, and suck on the teat of every little thing that comes along? Can't you just, for five I, minutes, back off? No, I cannot. Leave me alone. <laughs> what, what's this inquisition about? Stop it. <laughs> You're just such an annoying, me too, want to belong type of guy. I've got to have it. Give it to me. What so, is it you have? So really the only prerequisite to be one of the hosts of the Gabcast is you have to be able to sit there and speak on some kind of topic. I mean, you just have the, you have to have the ability to speak. And you have to have the ability to do that in the form of a broadcast. And you have to not have a cleft palate that inhibits your ability to wait, pronounce wait. certain sounds. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but you're leaving off somebody I think who's very interested in it. So. Who's that? Oh. <laughs> Nori. <laughs> uh, I did just clicked when you said that. <laughs> it took a second, but I met you halfway. Okay, cool. Uh, well, and realize that a pulse is not required to do this. So it's. I mean, we just uh, you know you just need to make sure that you'll be okay, and there's not a whole lot of prerequisites in order to do this. You just need to send the audio off so we can get this thing going. I'd like the first episode to happen shortly after I return from the country. I'll be leaving September 2nd. I don't know if I had a hard date for that during the last broadcast, but I do now. I'll be back October 2nd. And for those of you who are using the forum at bellgab.com and you're wondering if the place is just going to go to shit when I'm gone, it's not. Everything's going to be taken care of. The only difference is if you find something that you think... it's The whole thing is going to have to be entirely self-policed while I'm, go- while I'm gone, because there's not going to be somebody sitting there evaluating posts. So if you <laughs> right. see something that's a problem, just click on the report post button, and it'll be taken care of, if it needs to be taken care of. I qualify that. I mean, just the fact yeah. that you click that doesn't mean someone's post is getting removed. <laughs> we will evaluate the situation, is what I'm <laughs> saying to you. Hi, you're on the air. I'm on the air. You are on the air. It's yeah. you, man. Who yeah. is this? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Twice. This is, dude, I feel like that, uh, that that amateur astronomer guy calling George. Oh, boy. Are you stalking <laughs> this uh, show, sir? I- I'm stalking it hard. Like your hard date there, Mike. That sounds uh, interesting. Uh, I, like, I don't think I want to know much more about it, but hey. I like my dates to be hard. It, uh, <laughs> it's not if, I, if I have a date. Again, have you? If I have a date and it's yeah, not hard, I heard he is Tommy. I, if I have a date and it's not hard, I just feel like it's not even worth buying dinner. Let's just wait. Is it the first date or second date? Let's just cut our losses and move on. Is that when you ask if you can split the check? <clears throat> that's when I say, "Are we going to do it or what?" No, that that's part of his profile on the dating side is must split check. Are you going to make yourself useful as a woman and have sex with me tonight, or should I just? Go home. These <laughs> are the lines I, I use on women. It's been very successful, as you could imagine. <laughs> I've considered writing a book. I'm considering. That's all. Hey, I like the rerun at the beginning of the show because, like, I wasn't. I, I didn't know about this back when Ev was part of it. But I, I was asking Curtis, did she did she mod the board the way she sounds on the show? 
Yes. Hey, that was, that was too. I mean, I just picture like the church lady there, you know? She's actually, I mean, she's she's pretty loosey-goosey. I mean, she wasn't like a stormtrooper moderating the board, but she tended to use far more words in the course of doing something than she needed to, and it would get her in trouble every time. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm really puzzled about this thing about you having George on the train wreck, man. Like, like What are your thoughts? Uh-huh. What are your thoughts? Well, I think you, either you made a deal with the devil or or somebody slipped you some cash. Or No, I'm kidding. I just don't know. It's just really weird, you know? Well, let me it, tell you like, how that... Let me explain entirely how that went down. I was sitting at home eating Doritos <laughs> alone. I thought it was... Che- you told me it was Cheetos. Doritos with ranch sauce. Uh, and I chased that down with some Garden of Life just so the fiber could flush all that garbage out of my body when I'm done. See, rather than binge and purge, I just eat more. Uh, <laughs> that's It's like a conveyor belt. <laughs> We've got to clean the pipes. Uh, so yes. anyway, uh, I'm sitting there minding my own business, and Curtis sends me a text message that says, George has agreed to be on the show. Well, holy shit, I didn't even know he'd been asked to be on the show. But okay, fine, we'll have him on the show. I mean... I guess my approach and my thoughts on the matter are, what's it going to hurt? I mean, I'm not going to agree to any terms. I'm not going to change anything about how anything's being run. Uh, It's going to represent a wonderful opportunity for people on the forum who've always wanted that opportunity to call up and say exactly the things that they would be hung up on for saying if they were to call Coast to Coast AM. And by that, I don't mean... You suck in your game. Nah, click. Yeah. What I mean well, is, you know, what I mean is to call up and say, why is it that you don't seem prepared for the before the show? Why do you constantly talk about stuff re- regarding dead babies? Why is it that you seem as though you're not really interested in the topics the show's covering? Why did you feel compelled to move to L.A. instead of staying in St. Louis as you should have? And on and on and on. All the questions people would like to ask. So you're going to have like open lines. Oh, it's going to be primarily open lines. Oh, that is so but awesome! The, the uh, thing you know, is, though, that be there with bells on for this, Mike, and uh, I, I just think it's really, really interesting and kind of weird. But uh, you, you know, because it's like he's going to be setting himself up for well, you know vision and scorn, basically. But, I think I, that when he, I, I mean, it's going to be a professional well, thing, situation. Really you, you haven't had a single person submit information about hosting a podcast with you, right? Right. Okay, so I doubt we're going to get a bunch of people who call in trying to rip him. Well, we'll get a lot of people who call in, but I'm suspecting that they'll be a lot be a lot more polite than they are on the forum. They see the thing is, no one's telling you don't say certain things. It's just be artful and polite in the way you do it. That's all. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's I don't want like to be I, part of something that's. Just I would suggest the, I would suggest people look at Paperboy's post, <laughs> uh, Paperboy's posts on the forum as a good guide, a good barometer for. How you go about this sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean he he he's very artful and descriptive and searing in his criticism sure. of George Norrie, while at the same time seeming as though he has an IQ higher than that of room temperature. But, yeah. but you know, George George ducked like every question that was thrown sure at him. Is like, why are you Why have you been phoning it in for the last ten years? Why don't you care? Why don't you ask relevant questions? The interesting thing will be it'll be a lot harder for him to duck those questions live on air than it would be on a forum. 
Well, uh, that's why I'm a little surprised he's going to do the show, frankly. But I will tell you this. If there are any conditions set in terms of what can be discussed or anything that would represent something other than a free-flowing, open conversation, then we, we simply won't do it. Right. It's done at that point. Yeah. I, so so uh, if I was a betting man, uh, I'd lay down money that it ain't going to happen. Well, that's <laughs> probably a safe bet. But, but I mean, he has agreed, Curtis, has he not? Oh, yes, he has. Yeah. If it was a totally open, free conversation, it would probably mean the end of George on Coast to Coast. No. This, I, is, this is just the sort of thing that could go viral, and, and I think it'll kill him because, you know, see, you see how he is on the air, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> on your show, he's not going to be better, and there's well, no way he's going to be able to successfully defend just not giving a shit for the last decade. Well, part of what I said on the forum in the discussion for this is that, first off, he's not going to let his guard down. The guy that you hear on Coast to Coast you know, every night is going to be pretty close to the same character he's going to be on this podcast. Even if people start to question him on things, he doesn't care when he says something totally off base to a, a guest that has nothing to do with what they just rambled on about for 10 minutes. So why is he going to care what some person who calls in who has no tie to him? Jasmunda uh, Jasmunda in the chat room says he will probably appear but definitely won't take calls. If he won't take calls, he's not going to appear, you know. It's yeah, that well, simple. I mean, we we have to be able to I I will promise George that I'm not going to let someone call up and just unrestricted say, "Ah, you stupid motherfucker, I hate you." and go on. Yeah. I mean, call up in an intelligible fashion and do what it is you want to do. Uh but but there won't be any conditions. There can't be and uh let me add someone well, well, else. Well, if it helps any, Mike, I got all my stupid motherfuckers out in my audition MP3 I posted. Such language, so. sir. <laughs> hey, anyway, uh, thanks for taking my call, and I'm going to go do some carnivora now, so I'll talk to you later. I would recommend yeah. instead of carnivora, you... No, 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 no. Remember part of the deal is we had to push carnivora. Uh, well, I was going to recommend cocaine, sir. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the closest I can get to that is Epsom salt. I'm kind of poor this week. Uh, you, so, anyway, thanks for taking my call, and... You uh, got it. You, oh, keep it coming. How are the ratings doing? Uh, well, I will tell you this. The ratings are on an upward tick. I'm not sure they're necessarily where I'd like them to be. Uh, but they're on an upward trend. We'll just put it that way. Uh, and um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Hi, you're on the air. Is this piece of the Rockies? Well, uh, no, actually, this was for uh, time travelers only. Do you want to be hung up on or not? That That's how you're going to determine how to answer that question. Hey guys, this is uh, Jordan uh, Cananzias and Muncie. Hey, it's from the hey. fan club uh, itself. How about that? Yes. What's, what's going on? It, you, that's a reference to uh, the early days of the train wreck show. It seemed like every other call we would get, including Curtis's, was from yeah. Muncie. So Muncie just became the designated radio train wreck fan club headquarters. I'm uh, working on getting you a statue, <laughs> by the way. So what's going on up I'm- there? I'm so uh, in and out on the uh, on, on trying to listen to you guys. I've been so busy. I haven't decided what my actual permanent screen name is going to be, so it's different every time I get on there. <laughs> it's probably not necessarily that you have that difficult a time listening to the show. It's just you don't find it that entertaining, and so you no, can take I, it or leave I it. I do. It's just, uh, you know, I've got other... I just have 
you know, life, life. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, I believe you. I just felt like pressuring you for a moment. So, Curtis, where, where are you? Up? If you, unless you don't want to say, or where are you located now? Are you still in Indiana? Oh boy, I am in Indiana. I'm actually back in the. Uh, Van Dieven uh, fan club headquarters again. Uh, oh, the, are you? Yeah, M Michael uh, told me that I wasn't allowed to uh, be the president of the fan club anymore if I lived in southern Indiana, so I moved back. I thought you went to Bloomington or something like that. Uh, south of there is where I was in a small town right yeah. on the Ohio River, but but I'm back. Oh, okay. God damn it, Curtis. Uh, well, if you just I moved out of Indiana, I think you'd be a millionaire. I don't know what you're doing. I need to get with you uh, at some point uh, on the yeah. email and, and have a chat with you. So That's cool, yeah. He wants to meet up at a coffee shop and have a chat with you about <laughs> knives you and such. <laughs> yeah. Did you say about knives? Knives. <laughs> knives. Oh, I thought he said about knives. Well, it could go in any direction. That's up to you guys. I was uh, just making you, presumption. You will have that. <laughs> so, so what's up? Uh, hey, I actually, I actually have a tech question. I've, Ooh. I've been, uh, listen, I've listened to about the last three podcasts of you guys that here recently, and I keep saying, I need to call and ask this. I need to call and ask this, and. Um, of course, you guys don't know a lot of my background, but I'm pretty technical um, as well. However, I'm not uh, a computer guru like Curtis. So, Curtis, I have one for you. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So, have you? Of course, I don't. You know, I don't know how much I want. <laughs> how much I want to go into detail as far as bootlegging software, but um, have you heard of a uh, a, um, a slaver of XT called Tiny XT? Yes, I have. Okay. Yep. So I use Tiny XT quite quite a bit. Actually, I love it. Um, for what it is, and I recently acquired some uh, Dell, um, their Optiplex 330 uh, terminal or desktops. And, okay, do um, those have uh, Pentium 4s in them? Uh, yeah, they're dual, most or of them are, are dual they? core. Um, dual core, okay. And uh, anyway, I, I got them. I got them from uh, from a guy that's that's uh, selling them really cheap, and I don't typically like Dells um, for obvious reasons but anyway um so i, I try to put time what are those reasons <laughs> i just i haven't had a good luck with them they're dell that's you know that's the obvious reason yeah well, um, I, I don't know what your guys feelings are on dell but i just have not been happy with any dell product i've ever i would uh, buy a dell desktop had. but not a laptop yeah really? i would say it depends on the the years i mean there's Dell's gotten better, but there was a, a while when they had terrible problems with capacitors and power supplies, and they were just total crap at that point. Well, but. these these are enterprise. I mean, these are enterprise, you know, type computers. But still, I mean, they're you know, you can only get so far nowadays with everything made in China. So, right. Um, anyway, uh, so have you ever have you noticed anything with the newer computers, newer motherboards, being smart enough to know? whether or not uh, it's not a legitimate copy of, of whatever OS you're putting on it. Because these things will not take Windows XP, Tiny XP at all. I mean, it, well, it's like it has to be a legitimate copy. Or it just what do you mean by they system. won't take it? What Describe what happens. Well, I can't. Off the top of my head, I don't know what uh, what error I'm getting, but it just won't even boot to it. It won't boot. It won't boot from the from the DVD-ROM. It won't boot from a thumb drive. It won't. It just plane acts like it doesn't even recognize that it's a it's an os yeah. you know a google okay. os the the first thing that i would do uh it, does it try to boot it from from the cd as a live cd or are you trying to do the install of, of tiny xp are you going through the it's, normal uh, install process it's it's off of a it's off of a um of a cd just straight you know just just like i'm going to uh like i've got a regular copy of of xp right. that i'm putting on it but if i put a legitimate 
I, I shouldn't say legitimate, but if I put a an an XP factory disc in there, you know, mm-hmm. it boosts no problem. No problem. Yeah. The only problem I have is when I get to the serial when it won't take it, you know, because it's right. been flagged as not not authentic. So if you're using yeah. whether you're booting Tiny XP off of a flash drive or off of a CD, it doesn't matter. You never get beyond what? And I, I guess I should have been prepared. I, I should have actually wrote down what the uh, what the error I was getting. But it, you are a little unprepared, it, I have to say. <laughs> well, well, here, well, here's what the here's what to do. Uh, first off, go download uh, something called Hiren Boot CD. Uh, that's H I R E N, uh, and get one of the latest versions that is called Restored, and that have a little tools on it. It's a it's a live CD that. Has as a bunch of Linux tools, some DOS tools, but the tools hey, that Curtis, have restored. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to restart the call with you. You've been crapping out here for the last however long. Actually, Curtis, you just call me right back. Can you hear me, Curtis? Uh, okay. Now this is where you need some Muzak. Yeah. Uh, it's, and my, he's, he's, and my Muzak. he's just <laughs> been crapping out all day night here. I don't know what's going on I thought here. it was my phone at first, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm okay. It's on his end. We're going to go ahead and load him back up. So when you when you, when you you put this in, what regardless of what device you're doing this with, to boot from, do you ever see the message that says press any key to boot from CD, I think it says? Um, oh man, honestly I can't remember. I need to go back through it. Boy, you're just you're just so guys. woefully unprepared for this phone well, call. Well, well, my my main question was, I wondered if he had, or either one of you, for that matter, had had actually um, encountered any computers that were quote unquote smart enough to realize that you're trying to do. I don't think it's so. It's almost like it's almost it's, like these, these the BIOS and on these motherboards knows that you're trying to do something you shouldn't be doing. The only <laughs> thing that would ever happen in that regard. Now, Windows 8's a little different in this way, but. Uh, Windows 7 and back, the only thing that would ever happen is that the OS would look at the BIOS in order to see if it's allowed to be installed. Like if you have a Dell OEM copy of Windows 7 that'll just mm-hmm. install on any Dell machine without a product key being entered, uh, then in that case, what is going to happen is Windows 7 is going to look at the revision of the BIOS in order to determine if that machine is from the generation of machines that should be allowed to run Windows 7. And if it can, uh, if it if it makes that determination, then you're fine. Now, in Windows 8, you never even have to type in a product key because the product key for the OS is baked into the BIOS, or the UEFI, as they now call it. Um, okay. So I do not think there is anything in the BIOS that could be preventing that from happening. Now, what I would suggest you do is, since these are uh, XP-era machines, and each of these machines did ship with a legitimate XP license, if I um, were you... That's oh. where I was going. That's where I, what my next uh, comment was going to be. I've got, you know, I've got stickers on them that's, that says, you know... It's, right, it's so all, all, you need, all you need is an OEM, a Dell OEM copy of XP. Oh, wait, what, what all did I miss here? We were talking about uh, just, you know, things and such. <laughs> okay, well, that sounds exciting, actually. Well, uh, he was well, saying, thing, go the, ahead, the one thing that I, The one thing that I really like about TinyXP is it's just, it's just you, you install it, you walk away from it, come back, mm. and it's on there. Um, and I use it, I've probably got, uh, I've probably put it on 40 machines, and uh, mm. I've never had this error until I got these Dells. 
I wish we knew so, what the error was. That could probably. Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll I'll check into that and get back with you. I apologize. I just I called you guys on a whim. I knew you guys were going to be on the air, and I wanted to I wanted to run that past you and just see if you if anybody had ever encountered it first. Well, you know, Curtis, so. Curtis, his biggest question was whether there is something in the BIOS that could prevent yeah. that from installing from an activation standpoint, and I told him no. No, in, in your BIOS, there there's a section of it called the SLI code, and that's what tells uh, the BIOS what versions of Windows is, it's available for. So basically, OEMs pay a, a licensing fee to the SLIC group that then work with Microsoft uh, to, to s signify what this BIOS and hardware is configured for. And... Uh, oh, boy. Uh, uh, Optiplex 330 would be completely valid for Windows XP. Say it again. Okay. Your connection no, I, just I, sucks tonight. You cut Curtis. out again a minute ago. So, Curtis, yeah, is anybody well, doing anything on your network? Is anybody doing any torrents or anything else elsewhere on your network? There shouldn't Sounds be. Sounds like he's running off of an AT&T Air card. Yeah, it's really horrible. It's like <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to my wife in Morocco. <laughs> Except in Morocco, <laughs> the scenery is more exciting. You sound uh, like I'm talking to you on my ham radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're doing work here. Yeah, uh, I'm working this. Uh, man, I don't know what it could be. Well, uh, I mean, the bottom line is there's nothing in the BIOS preventing you from installing right. that. Yeah, no, you're. you're I mean, fine. the only way it could be a problem is if there was some mechanism inside Tiny XP that's looking at the BIOS well, to determine. But that just doesn't exist in Tiny XP. Well, what I was I'll do say is, is go ahead, Curtis. Well, I was going to check to see that all the drivers exist. Uh, those XP drivers exist on the, the tiny XP CD. Uh, one thing you can do is uh, during your Windows install, there, there's a spot when you can hit F6 to install additional drivers. Make sure that, uh, well, on XP, you got to have a, well, you're going to need to have a floppy drive. Uh, these probably don't have flop, fl oh, floppy boy. disk drives on it, do they? Because what Did I was going to say. Do you understand any of that? It sounds like yeah, he's on a cell phone. This sucks. <laughs> you guys are cutting out for me too. All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's let's. Uh, I think we've concluded. We're pretty much not going to be able to answer the question adequately, and so uh, until he comes up with the additional error message information that we need, we're not really going to be able to help him much anyway. So I tell you what. Let's let's do. Let's take a break here, and maybe you can take a look and see if there's anything with your connection or whatever that could be adjusted. You yeah, may, I'll jump into my router and see what my traffic is. Yeah, or maybe even just try closing Skype entirely and restarting it. And I switched to a different laptop. Okay, just whatever yeah. you are. We got about four or five minutes. Okay. So, all right. It's a spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven. If you'd like to be on the show tonight, the number to call is 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. Visit our website at ufoship.com. Hopefully, Curtis will have his little issues with his connection there wrapped up by the time we get back, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Back in a minute. Spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. On this edition, we'll be discussing only lawnmower repair. Please, no calls about computers. Call the show now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's the spec sheet.
the general said that this guitar part was really hard for him to play. He's not oh, really. He, he doesn't sound like he's having much problem with it. I know. Come on, dude. Sound great. Anyways, the spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. Audio issues aside, if you would like to be on the show, the number to call is 573-837-4948. It's 573-837-4948. You know, as we discussed as we discussed at the beginning of the show, I'm George Schnorri. <laughs> as we discussed at the beginning of the show, Microsoft points are gone. Steve Ballmer's retiring, or did we mention that at the beginning of the show? Yeah, you were starting to. Yeah, I think we're who knows. Uh, but it is really as though they're listening to this podcast. Some of the things that have really bothered us horribly well, over the course of the last year are just in one fell swoop going away. It's amazing how that happened. Yeah. What about that stock price? Just the I think it went up by like five dollars a share, which yeah, well, when the share I, was already only at like. Twenty-eight dollars or twenty-nine. Yeah, that's find. a big. That's a big increase. I, I had a stat that I had to share uh, with the Steve Ballmer thing because that's something that we, we've been talking about for years. Um, but according to a Wall Street Journal article, uh, in the nearly fourteen years that Steve Ballmer has overseen Microsoft Corp, the company's annual revenue has more than tripled to nearly seventy-eight billion, and its profit ranks among among the largest in any industry. Isn't that crazy? Well, but maybe I just don't understand enough about this stuff, but I was reading that their market value has dropped by like two-thirds Yeah, the time well, I, he's been the CEO. I think the things they do now cost more money. It used to be in the past. Uh, you, you had basically a fixed cost in uh, developers and then a little bit in market, marketing and uh, running the whole shows, tech support, but now building Xboxes, supporting stream, uh, cloud services, all that stuff. I mean, that, that that's a huge expense that it's harder to recoup it. So yeah, they're. I believe that they've tripled their their annual revenue, but at the same time, their expenses are probably through the roof. Think how much more money they'd make if they didn't have all this dead weight, like the online division, which you hear Paul mm -hmm. Thorat constantly complaining has never made money. That right. would be things like Bing, things like MSN, Hotmail, all of that crap that Microsoft, all of their web-based Me Too products yeah. that nobody wants to use except people in the third world. I don't know well, why it is. People in the third world really seem to just go, get along really well with Hotmail. Yeah. I've never understood that. There's just yeah. so many services out there that are so superior. And I know they've got Outlook.com now, which is supposed to be closer in line to making at least some sort of a credible attempt at competing with Gmail, but uh, no. it's it's not even close. Yeah, well, I, I have uh, Outlook.com just to test uh, email marketing stuff with it, and it still is just as bad. I mean, even though Gmail sees everything I do and gives me ads based on it and shares it with the NSA, it's still a better service than, than Outlook. I love Outlook as the client, but Outlook.com is still, I mean, it's everything that Hotmail had with a, a fresh new interface that doesn't compete with Gmail. Well, and also there's, beyond just the fact that it's an inferior service, this branding situation with Microsoft is insane. Yeah. Uh, at one point it's Hotmail, then no, it's MSN, no, it's Live, now it's Outlook. What's it going to be in... 18 months. Uh, this oh. this company is just it's so be schizophrenic. Live. It's going to be Xbox Live email. 
It's just a schizophrenic business approach. I yeah. feel like there are just a thousand people making decisions in that company that affect way more than their decisions should be able to affect. And then 18 months after those decisions are made, the entire company gets amnesia and forgets who made those decisions or why they were even made. I mean, yeah. I can't count the number of times I've seen products come from Microsoft that when released are, are supposedly going to be the greatest thing ever to have happened to computing. And then just a short time later, sometimes two or three, four years, they're just gone. Eh, they're just gone. Yeah. I think the biggest example of it that comes to mind is the Zune. Uh, oh, yeah. And the well, Zune the HD, they did some the Zune right, HD was actually a very, very wonderful product from all accounts I've seen. Yeah. Uh, but what I heard recently was that even as the Zune HD was released, the development team behind it had already been sent home and given their pink slips. And the division oh, yeah. was entirely shuttered when the Zune HD was shipping. That's how... I consider that to be really deceptive because here you are, you're asking people to buy this product, to buy into what I guess either was or was going to eventually supposedly become an ecosystem. And while you're asking people to buy into this with the Zune, as you're asking them to buy into this, you've already decided you're out of the business. <laughs> yeah. What well, the fuck, man? That's Microsoft's way, though, of just... Even if something is successful, cutting a third of the the staff that worked on it because that creates a competition and a desire to work harder to keep your job because you can't inspire your uh, employees just by bonuses and working on something that's exciting. You, you inspire them because you don't want to be the guy who's cut next time. Even if you did a good job, you might get cut. So you 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 kiss your butt or you kiss your boss's butt as much as you can. Are you referring to the stacked ranking? Yes. God, what a horrible concept. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, uh, that's just such an American way of approaching management. And I've heard the idea bandied about before that American management is considered to be the best in the world. And I'm <laughs> sorry, I just do not see that. Uh, I just don't see that. I, I think American management often is just governed by, what what is it called, the Peter Principle? That, I'm not sure that. That says your boss, it's a principle that says your boss is not, Okay, people complain about how incompetent their boss is. And the Peter Principle, if I'm, I think that's what it's called, I'm pretty sure, basically says, yes, your boss is incompetent because people only rise within corporate enterprise to, to the first position that they are incompetent to man. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they don't rise any further. They just stay in that position. They don't get fired, but they don't get promoted because they're incompetent so, in their current position. So it stands to reason that based on that, your boss would, in fact, be mathematically likely to be incompetent. <laughs> That's, I, I, I never specifically heard that. I mean, I've always heard the idea that middle management's where you go to languish since you're not going to get fired. Well, that's where but, a lot of those people languish. But I I mean, some of them go way beyond that. I, I've got a yeah. friend I was talking to who's over at my house hanging out. Friday night and he was talking about how he works for a welding shop and he was talking about how the guy who is in charge of the entire building he works in and several other assets that the company owns is essentially crazy. Not like, <laughs> not like I don't like that guy. So I call him crazy. Just, you know, hyperbole. No, this guy really is clinically insane. And he, 
he walks in and just starts talking to people <laughs> about nothing, just like gibberish, yeah. just random gibberish. And everyone is standing there with their jaws on the floor, staring at each other. And he probably has been this way for a long time. But for whatever reason, however he got his foot in the door, be it nepotism or whatever, uh, knowing the right person, however he got into the company, he continued to rise until he got to the position where he's no longer competent to continue rising. And that sounds like his current position. <laughs> right. You know, it didn't really he, affect him before. Out. Yeah, it didn't really yeah. affect him before. Well, that, that's funny. Uh, back uh, one of my early jobs in retail uh, at a Kmart, um, the manager, the general manager uh, of the location, he couldn't do any of the functions required to work in the store. All he could do is file the reports needed to show, you know, this is how much we spend on labor. This is what our sales were. Uh, like when the, the store would become uh, so busy that you had to get all hands on deck to, to service your customers, he couldn't tell them where products were. He couldn't run a cash register. He couldn't run the trash compactor when needed. Uh, it was just chaos. It was one of those things where the uh, assistant manager uh, knew how to do everything. And so you dreaded the days you were stuck with the general manager because you knew you were going to be doing his job. Like he, Basically, he'd throw you the keys to the place when you walk in and you take over. Uh, and I'll never forget when uh, the regional managers would come through, uh, the, the general manager would have everybody work to clean up the place to fix all the problems that he had caused in terms of not placing products where they're supposed to be. He just kind of did it his own way. Uh, and then the, the regional manager finally uh, promoted him to a new store in a bigger area. And when we asked, you know, how did that happen? It was pretty much to, uh, see him mess up they weren't going to fire him but they were going to let him fail at a bigger location i think the attitude is that when you tell people my boss is an idiot my boss sucks my boss is totally incompetent i think people go oh yeah yeah i know it sounds like it sucks yeah. but i think deep down inside they're thinking you're probably the problem you're probably a bad worker you're probably the issue i mean yeah, why would a company have a some guy that's a complete idiot running things and everything seems fine he's keeping his job but no you have a problem with him so it must be you who actually is the problem uh when in point of fact i think actually most people when they believe that their boss is, is an idiot most of the time they're probably right your boss is a fucking moron <laughs> yeah it's just the world we live in if you yes. want to be on the show tonight, the number to call is 573-837-4948. It's 573-837-4948. So I'm curious, Curtis, as to what it is you think we can expect around the corner now that Steve Ballmer is retiring. Do you think they're, they're going to pick someone who's been groomed by him and who is no. a safe replacement? Or do you think they're going to pick somebody who's going to take the company in unexpected, risky directions? I think neither of those. What's going to happen is oh. Wall Street is going and the board of directors are going to step in and say, we need to get back on a corporate position of stability. And you're going to see somebody come in who's a very seasoned uh, Wall Street type who's managed oh, large corporations. It, it, it might not be bad because. As a person who doesn't understand what Microsoft is and what it does, that they understand how to run they a business. They might stay out of the way. Exactly. Huh, it, I had thought about that. Maybe that is the problem. But then again, Steve Ballmer's no no technical guy. He's a sales oh, but he, guy. But, but, but the thing is that he pays attention to what other people are doing huh. and tries to mimic it and I, does it badly. Yeah. 
uh-huh. where if you get another guy who comes in and says, here's the bottom line, here's what divisions are making money and which ones aren't, uh, and we're going to get rid of the ones that aren't true loss leaders that are helping us in another area, you know, the, the losers are gone. That's what they need right now. They need to, to trim down, let innovation bubble up from inside the company, and then that person becomes the future uh, Bill Gates of the company. Uh, but I don't think there's a person out there right now in the tech world that has some big idea that's going to change Microsoft. They just need to have some, some business savvy right now. Tinfoil hat in the chat room says Windows 9, no start button and no touch screen. I hope Windows 9 has no <laughs> monitor. Uh, Windows 9 is going to be on Google Glass. I hope Windows 9, you have no display. You're just trying to imagine what's happening inside the computer. <laughs> if well, I had pressed got- that, I'd probably be seeing a dialog box right now, I think. Yeah. There's no port to connect a monitor. <laughs> it's just like Microsoft said, we're so tired of people bitching. We've just well, had enough. Just There's no monitor. Just remember what you typed. What do you think about them, it, Apples? Make it Connect OS. That's the next version of Windows 9. Instead of tiles, it's just you talking and waving your hand around in the air. I don't think gets- I don't think we're done with the Windows 8 updates. I think that no. 8.1 is just the beginning, and it's gonna it's gonna hit the market. Uh, Windows 8 sales are gonna continue to slump, and the complaints are gonna continue to rage on. And I think what's eventually gonna happen is you're going to see a version of Windows 8 that is explicitly for desktop and laptop PCs. Uh, particularly those that don't have touch and another that's for touch-based devices, and you won't see any Metro stuff. Uh, I think that that's yeah. eventually what's going to wind up happening. Well, I think you'll still see Metro on the really? mobile devices. I, I, well, yeah, on mobile, but I think on yeah. my desktop PC, yeah. I think there is going to eventually be a version of Windows that's released that just doesn't have any of that shit, which I really would like because Windows 8's got some great performance enhancements. Over oh, Windows yeah. 7. Start times are great. Shutdown time is great. File transfer times are great. Uh, a lot of the uh, benchmarks on clock speeds, uh, frame rates, and things of that nature have been shown to be at least marginally better in yeah. some cases. But on the whole, the performance increases in Windows 8 are worth it. It's just that the graphical user interface aspect of things sucks such but ass. If they can just it, fix that. Isn't it funny that... Uh what Microsoft was known for, which was their operating system, has been marginalized in their latest release. I mean, most people now who use Windows 8 are using third-party tools to make it like what Windows used <laughs> no. to be. You know, I was listening to this guy who works at Starduck. Hold on, I have to yawn. I know you're not supposed to do that in a radio show. Uh, I didn't know he could. We're man. supposed Thanks. to be high energy. Hey, everybody. Just want to help you get through your Tuesday, make it into Wednesday as we make our way into Thursday. And then right around the corner, it's Friday. Yeah, everybody's working for the weekend. The Saturday, you're going to do your honeydews, right? You're going to get out there and mow the lawn. You're going to do some housework. Sunday, you just kick it back a little bit and have some good times, good lemonade. Maybe have some friends over, watch the big game on TV. Then Monday, it's back to the grindstone. But we'll be here for you Monday to help you make it through your work day right here. Just keep it locked. That's what you're supposed to do when you're hosting a radio show. Don't fucking yawn. Those are the rules. That's what makes ours better, though. I will fart into this microphone if necessary. I will yawn. I will vomit on air. (laughs) That's kind of what I'm doing right now, isn't it? I've not considered uh, 
having an orgasm on the air. That's probably where my limits are drawn. But so we'll uh, save that for uh, uh, the, oh. the coast <laughs> or the, <laughs> the what's the name of the other one going to be? Gabcast. <laughs> you don't even know the name of the podcast. Curtis is so interested in our future I endeavors. I, I, I he doesn't even know the idea. name of what's it. What's it called? The the whatever you want it to be. The Gabriel cast. <laughs> Gabriel. I don't remember, but it's uh, yeah. the Archangel mm. cast. Mm. Yeah, well, I hope that whatever they choose is the next leader of Microsoft. I hope it's somebody who is, yes, going to stay out of the way and just let the let the company do it. I think the company needs to be broken up, and I hope that yeah. the next C CEO is maybe a little bit more receptive to that notion than obviously Steve Ballmer has been. B-Dub in the chat room just said Vagcast. I like it. Vagcast. Yeah. Huh. I feel like somebody's knocking on my door and I need to go take a look. So talk for a minute. Uh, okay. So one thing that I, I would throw out there too is talking about Microsoft and the uh, CEO needing to be somebody outside of the, the tech world and uh, Wall Street type, preferably to me, is uh, looking at the example of Apple. I mean, I, for as much as I've loved Apple for years, we've you know, shown how uh, since Steve Jobs is gone, that company has just circled uh, the drain of innovation, and they have no idea where to go. the The problem is that uh, Cook is too connected to the legacy of Jobs, and I I hope if there if you can even say there's a legacy other than failure and calling into the to the uh, spec sheet podcast, Steve Ballmer doesn't have much of a history. Right? I'm, ba I'm back. Okay. Uh, do you are you are you are you actually expressing a thought, or are you just filling until I, I come back? Okay, I, I was expressing a thought. Okay. Basically, that with with Apple, the the problem they had with their succession plan is Steve, uh, well Cook, Tim Cook, was too connected to the legacy of Jobs, and and but he doesn't have the innovation ability of Jobs, so that's why you don't see anything great. Other than a, it, it's sad that people are the the big buzz right now in the Apple world is a trade in program for the iPhone uh, that that may or may not exist, which is sad. There's already a secondary. Uh, <laughs> There's already a secondary market that does that. Uh, so we've got the app, uh, the the iPhone 5s and the mm -hmm. iPhone 5c. Did I read oh, that correctly? Is that the low end iPhone? Yeah, I believe that's What's what the, C the low stand end's for. <laughs> Crap! Boy, it sure sounds like it yeah. does. Not made of metal. Hmm. I think that could be a flop. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Hi. Good. Are you awake now? Did I wake you up out there? I'm 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 awake. All right. Don't want to be yawning when you call this radio show. We got a lot of people trying to make it through the work day. All right. You didn't hear that. Anyway, hi. So what's, what's going up? on, man? What can we do for you? I, I think the iPhone C is iPhone five C is iPhone five crappy. Yes, it is. It, it runs on crappy OS. Who is this, by the way? Where are you calling from? Got tune. I oh, am shit. actually in uh, Indy, Indiana. Yeah. Are you no, in Muncie? No, no Muncie for me oh. anymore. Well, we Thank God. I think we no, should have a Muncie-only call. I'm glad I'm not from there anymore. We should have a Muncie-only policy with regard to calls from Indiana, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe it's fair to have the fan club in Muncie and then go on about our business taking calls from the rest of the state. <laughs> it just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Muncie is where it's happening. I mean, you do have to admit that too, Gatun. No, 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 no. I will never yeah. admit that God is <laughs> where it's happening. Normally, when someone disagrees with Curtis, I my ears perk up. But in this case, Curtis, it is correct on his part to disagree with you. Man, Muncie it, is shit. 
yeah. Well, all right, fine. Not, that, to, Indy, not that Indy's got a whole lot going on, but I mean, it's Naftown. a little bit better than Muncie. What kind of a personality am I when my fan club is based in Muncie and I'm just out here railing against the entire town as being a piece of shit? That's not well, really. You have to realize, though, that that Muncie is the hometown of Ball State University, and any school called Ball U has to be great. Hey, boy, that's rough. You know, they don't just uh, they just don't really think about these names in the year eighteen ninety six when they're starting these educational institutions, do they? No, they don't predict <laughs> where speech. They don't prepare themselves for the ever changing vernacular of the peasantry. Yeah, as <laughs> Professor Marvel said. Yeah. You you don't think that uh, people were, were uh, talking about balls back then, <laughs> when it, whenever the founding of uh, Ball State was created? I don't even think people had sex back then. I'm not sure how people reproduced back then. Yeah, uh, well, Tinfoil Hat in the chat room just acknowledged uh, Ball State's the hometown of, uh, or the alma mater of Dave Letterman. If uh, you went from- back to the year 1896, what do you think the chances are of getting blown? <laughs> uh, I think it's a 1 in 222 chance. Really? Yeah, well, unless you have money. I'm going to go a little higher. I don't think you're getting blown by anybody. I think if uh, you went back to the year 1896 and you're like, look, just blow me. I I think she's going to respond by saying, I don't know what it is. It's 1896. We don't do that. (laughs) We got to get married first. It's just all missionary all the time. (laughs) You think? In the year 1896. No, no, look back at uh, like the things about, was it the Victorian era? There was all those devices that uh, looked like torture devices. I remember on uh, the Learning Channel or something, I, I saw one of their afternoon shows that was like I, the uh, devices of the Middle Ages or something, and it was nasty and crazy. I think most of those were actually gardening implements, and we just <laughs> applied the wrong understanding as to what they were. You know, We just see something cylindrical and think, well, a woman must have had sex with herself with this device. What else would she have done? That <laughs> could be. Well, think about what people are going to look at 100 years from now or 200 years from now when they see an iPhone or a tablet. What are they going to think that is? Clearly, this was for anal masturbation. Yes. I don't know what else someone would have done with this <laughs> rectangular-shaped device with a screen that lights up. What are these pictures of a rooster? <laughs> I see them on all these devices. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Evelyn. Hi. Listen, I had to speak to this sexuality thing. Hmm. This whole Puritan notion of not getting blown and not getting spanked or whatever the hell it is you want, that those things actually are fairly limited at various times in history. Um, and Victoria had a lot to do with that, although in her private life well, she was fairly Well, wait a minute. So you're saying, you're saying the likelihood of getting blown was, in fact, quite low. No, it was actually oh. higher than you think. Oh, yeah, that are exactly that our modern sensibilities about the Puritan notion—that's fairly recent. I mean, even even uh, for us before the early fifties, you know, p- the people didn't talk about it a lot except privately. But no, I mean, we, we have some fairly skewed notions about what people actually do. So you're saying if I go back to the year 14, no, let's go 15. You're going to go 92, weren't you? We'll go 1537. Henry VIII uh-huh. has been king for a while now. Yes. You definitely could get blown, although that might not be the vernacular for it. You could huh. get that. What, what they call it, uh, 
What would they call it? I have no it? idea what they call it. They could have called it head. They could have called it genital kissing. God only knows, genital but you could kissing. have gotten it. Hello, ma- hello, love. Could I have a genital kiss? Yeah, well, if you were going to a brothel, you'd get anything you want. It was just with grunts and money. You know, I'm going to be drawn and quartered tomorrow for daring to question the king. Can I get a blow? Right. Is it possible right. I could get a genital kiss before I'm well, drawn by, and quartered tomorrow? The tower, so you probably wouldn't get much, but okay. Well, I'm sure they could sneak in one of the cleaning ladies as you're chained uh, up. I don't know. The tower was pretty fucking rough. Disembowelment. It's just amazing that that building still stands and all the history that isn't happened it, in it. People it, don't really people, think about that. People think of it as purely a jail, and it's not. I mean, the queens and king, or mostly queens, would go there to be, um, you know, in, in luxury apartments to prepare for their coronation. And um, sometimes they'd put people there in, in uh, you know, again, in luxury to keep them safe, you know, like if there was a war, and you, so you might put the heir apparent in there. There was all kinds of things going on in the tower, and it was not primarily a jail. Well, I believe it was actually built as a primary residence for William the Conqueror originally, it was it not? Been. It may well have been. You may be right about that. I think I am. I'm Michael Van Dieven. <laughs> so, Evelyn, what's new with you? Um, I had a huge fight with my friend, and I'm on my fourth beer now, so I shouldn't talk for very long. Oh, well, this could get saucy. Only four? Well, Curtis, don't be mean now. Uh, only four, yes, and this will be my last. And That's we'll not Curtis. Bit. That's uh, Gatoon. Oh, okay. Calling in from Muncie, Indiana. No. Uh, <laughs> he wishes he was from Muncie. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm confused. Come on. We, we, we haven't allowed him to be in here yet. He, Middletown is out of, Middletown's gone for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we, we are the, 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 the most important place in the history of cable modem and technology on the Internet. You know, I was at a friend's house tonight, and she has this yard that has all those plants with the teeny tiny pickerbers. I can deal with the big pickerbers, but these little ones are a pain, and my poodle is full of them. Well, can you really notice, <laughs> though? That who would ever pet a poodle to know that it's got all kinds of stuff stuck in I its mane? Poodle. My poodle is lovely. I would never pet a poodle, so I wouldn't know if it had a bunch of crap in its hair. You would pet my poodle if you met him. Uh, I would steer clear. <laughs> I would. Uh, I'd be on my way to the store to purchase some sort of a, uh, some sort of chemical. I don't know, just to make oh. him stay away. Something mm-hmm. to make me smell nice and chemically. Actually, all it takes with Fred is um, some slightly for- floral lotion, and then he doesn't want anything to do with you. Fred. Gosh. Yeah, his name is Fred. Yeah, I know. We What's all your know. dog's name? Bonzo. Well, <laughs> I named her after John Bonham. Cool. I would have well, named him Henson if he didn't already have a name. You would have named him what? Henson, like a Muppet, because he looks like one. This could be the most stimulating conversation we've ever had on this show, what we would have named our animals. I don't know, but I actually called in to say something that mattered, so now I'll go because I did that already. Oh, did you? <laughs> I think I did. Didn't I call in to say something that mattered? Well, I don't recall you saying anything that mattered. That was oh, my only point. What was the first thing that I said? 812, you know. It was about the uh, dildos? Well, sort of, yes. It was about sexuality and history. Yes, that matters. Mm. Yes. Well, I, I understand. Okay, I think... well, I'm going to say goodnight to all four of you guys and let you continue. All right. Thank you, Evelyn. It's nice Good to night. hear from you. I'm sure everyone else agrees, and uh, right. we're happy to hear you on the podcast. We know you're winding down. We know you're no longer with us. Uh, she's winding down, <laughs> folks. <laughs> 
Anyway, Gatun, you got anything else? Uh, sort of. I, I, I wanted to comment on the Windows 8 stuff because we've actually rolled it out uh, officially at one school. Uh, we rolled out a lab of Windows 8 machines here recently, and this is K-12, through so, you know, these are for primarily little children, and it is still a total pain in the ass. Ugh. Um, oh, yeah. Because you pretty much have to have Windows uh, Server 2012 to do anything with it. And even then, the same problem that plagued Windows 7 when it first came out with all the print drivers and everything else is plaguing Windows 8 just as bad. So, did, uh, did, I don't recall that really being a problem in 7. Vista, yeah. But the 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 right at first when you first rolled into like especially the 64-bit Windows 7, nobody had drivers for oh, any of true. their printers that worked. I don't remember that. I still have a wireless network card that has no 64-bit drivers. Uh, I can only use it on a 32-bit. Yeah, and and I've got uh, you know I've got to hack in my uh, several different things. I've got to hack drivers in and you know sign them with my own proprietary signage and everything like that mm -hmm. to get them to function in Windows 8. Um, Everyone but, uh, just universally says the same thing you're saying right now about Windows 8. Uh, yeah. Just what a difficult piece of shit. Oh my God, it was just a chore. Oh, it was just a pain. It's but, or why everyone I, says that. Why couldn't Microsoft see that? Yeah, what well, was it? I mean, in their thought well, process, they just couldn't see what's around the corner when they released this pile of shit. Well, if I remember right, with Windows 8, 8, 8 the, the development versions that it was building up, didn't it still have a start button for a long time on it? It yeah. wasn't until it got closer to the end that they That's finally... Right. Yeah, I mean, so they knew from the beginning. I think, uh, was it Sanofsky? Uh, Steven Sanofsky? No, yeah, who's no longer with them. For a good uh, reason. He, he, yeah, he's also winding down. That guy uh, is a jerk. Did you hear Paul Therott talking about oh, yeah, all he, the encounters he had with him? Yeah, well, that guy has a new startup he's with. Oh, great. Good for uh, him. What a yeah. That guy's a complete cunt. Paul Therott yeah, said that they, they were at a technology conference of some kind, and Paul walked up. And everyone in the Microsoft world surely knows Paul Therott. He's been at this since the early 90s. Well, And he goes uh, to their office. He, he writes the Windows uh, 8 missing guide. I mean, this dude is... Very well connected into the Microsoft world. So uh, Paul Therott walks up to Steven Zanofsky, says, hey, how's it going? We've never had a chance to be introduced in, in the flesh. I'm Paul Therott. And uh, he said Steven Zanofsky just looked at him, glared at him, looked him up and down as though he were sizing him up or something, and then just looked away and continued his conversation that he was having yeah, with somebody ridiculous. else. I mean, what a cunt this yeah. guy is. I fucking hope Steven Sanofsky just crashes off of a bridge. You know something? <laughs> That's not, it's not like he did anything to me personally. It's just that mm -hmm. I know these guys. I know guys like this. I've it's like the dude from Office Space, the, which the boss. One? The boss, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, that guy seems like he has Asperger's or something. Steven Sanofsky doesn't. He's just a cunt. Yeah. He's just a, not a very nice man. And, he thinks uh, he's uh, Steve Jobs. Well, uh, good luck with your little startup there, Steven Sanofsky. And thanks for ruining Windows. That's worked out wonderfully yeah. for uh, everybody good. involved. The people at Stardock are very happy. Yeah, this is probably the biggest thing they've had for a long time. Well, do, was, do you remember uh, Fences? Uh, no, but I, I was listening. I forgot. got sidetracked earlier, but I was listening to an interview with a guy from Stardock. He said Windows 8 has just been an immense boon. 
for their company. Yeah. Like you couldn't believe. It used to be that they made most of their money from people who wanted their PC to look like a Mac. Now they actually get money from Windows users who want their Windows machine to look more like Windows. <laughs> That's insane. Got yeah. tune, I guess we interrupted you earlier. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. That's all right. That's all right. But, uh, you know, I have the same... I heard similar complaints, and uh, uh, Curtis, you may have remembered these back in the day when we first started rolling out Windows XP. Oh, you know, you had the same, how much of a pain in the ass Windows XP was at first. Oh, yeah. It, it was uh, <laughs> the worst. I, I, I fought XP as long as I could being rolled out, just because, not because of how terrible it was all around, but how terrible it was trying to support people supporting it, uh, how painful that could be. You know, something people ought to look into is React OS, which is um, NT-based Windows open source. Yeah, I've never heard or never used it, but I've heard of it. I've installed it on a machine, and it does start up and run, and it, it it's Windows. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, I, I, don't, uh, I don't know what kind of speed they have in terms of development over there right now, but uh, reactos.org. Let's see if I take a look. I hope the project's not dead, but I mean, this is yeah. something. Do that, they have a video? That's the key. Um, well, if there's no video, then the project is dead to me. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I, they used to have a news section, but I don't see it where you could just go and determine what's happening. But mm. last time I looked, it was still quite active with regular. Well, they have July 2013 meeting minutes, so it's still active. Um, yeah. This could actually change a lot of things moving into the future. I just hope that the development doesn't go so slowly that by the time it actually is ready for prime time, it no longer matters and we've all moved on to something other than Windows. At the rate this is going, I guess that could happen. Well, one of my big hopes with the, the next phase of Microsoft, I guess Microsoft version 3, is that they embrace more open source technology. I mean, they already have in a lot of things that they've, they've worked on. They've contributed code to many projects. But I would love to see, like, Windows 2000 or, or Windows XP at some point, since it's not officially supported anymore, go to some level of open source. And then and that's not going to happen. Well, to, to some level. I know that they're going to give the whole thing. Cause I, there's, a, there's still enough of, of the, the registry hive connected to... I can see... I can see that in the embedded and that type of uh, format yeah. really making a massive impact in the, and especially the number of installations that they have because a minute version of uh, of an embedded version of XP or even Windows Seven, there is a 2009 embedded or something like that for Windows that's slightly Windows Seven based, but it. it the Windows XP embedded for like POS systems and stuff like that. If that went true open source, where you could actually dig through the code and really make it work for like point of sale systems, you'd see Linux drop off in a heartbeat because it would be so much easier to write their programs to make it function. Mm -hmm. uh, well, especially with Windows workstations that are actually interfacing with. Them. So what so, you're saying is, if Microsoft really wants to kill Linux, which we all know they love to see happen, mm. that's really a great way to do it. They have the yeah, power. Yeah, if they were to, I would agree that the embedded versions of the operating systems, open source those. Then anytime a developer is looking to decide, do I use Java, do I use Android, or you know, a, a flavor of Linux? Uh, well, if you could use that, you're probably developing most of your stuff in a Windows enterprise anyway, uh, and Microsoft enterprise. Why not use the open source version of Windows XP for a very lightweight 
uh, operating system to run, run on whatever your device might be. Because that stuff can run on anything. It could be on the slowest, most low-powered thing you can imagine. You just have to yeah, realize, I've... just like Windows RT on a or Surface RT, you have to realize when you use it, it's not a full workstation. You can make yeah, it seem I... like it is, but it's not. You know, it's a bad plan. Curtis, I know you and I have both seen Windows Embedded running on a 256 meg flash drive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we've played with a bunch of interesting uh, scenarios for that. You know what I'd yeah, like that's... to know is why it is it is just so impossible to install Windows 7 to a flash drive and have it boot and, from that. I mean, why does that have to be a limitation? Why? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a completely self-imposed. Why though? Limitation. I mean, wouldn't that run well? On certain well, machines? No, no, I mean, you're stuck with a, a bus then, or the USB bus for it. What uh, about a USB 3.0 bus? That's if, still if not you were on USB 3.0, you might be able to pull it off. But even then, I mean, you're basically doing the same thing that Apple's doing with their, their latest uh, G Series stuff is they give you no ability to upgrade. And they're like, oh, you have to use their our new ports you have to thunderbolt everything it's like uh that's bullshit because yeah, well, you can't upgrade it on, on my macbook uh i've run the operating system from uh <laughs> external hard drive on usb2 and oh my god that was the worst experience ever but i had to boot basically to recover some data from a, an operating system and while you can do it easily on a mac it's the again the worst experience you can imagine all right and so i've got it the same way since we're on the performance question, I have a riddle for the both of you and see if you can answer the question. Okay. I have a brand new workstation. Okay. You can ask specs if you wish. It took exactly seven minutes and 42 seconds to boot from a complete reboot. What version of Windows? 8.1. Oh. Well, you have a driver problem. Or you have a dying hard drive. Could be that, too. Is it a solid state or is it a, a disk or a spinning? It's uh, running a, a, a 7200 spin RAID 5. RAID 5, okay. Then it's not the, uh, it, it's definitely not the operating system to the hard drive then. And it's not a, a failing drive because it could fail over. Uh, so you either have the wrong driver for your operating system to uh, your RAID array or you've got a driver conflict somewhere else in your system, and every time it's trying to read, it gets stuck uh, trying to call that driver, and you get a memory leak. That's my guess. Your guess? Or something is... <coughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the thing that... <laughs> Michael, you're up. <laughs> Well, I don't have anything to else to add to that in terms of guessing what the problem could have been. I would have guessed hard drive first, and then what Curtis suggested sounds as plausible to me as anything. It's actually the RAID array itself. It, not the array, but the controller. Mm. The controller literally takes four minutes to boot. Really? You know, a yeah. lot of people get the impression that because they're running a RAID array that all their data is safe. But, you know, if you... Now, I'm not sure if this is with all configurations of RAID, but if the controller itself goes flaky, you can end up yeah, with you, just a bunch of drives with nothing but gobbledygook on them. Well, if, yeah. if you get another controller set up exactly like it, you, you can drop everything in there and still run. 
Yeah, RAID 5 is only good as long as the, your uh, RAID controller itself continues to function. Uh, and if you have five drives, then you're even better. But see, like I, in my circumstance, I only have three drives. I don't have five. If I had five, then I'd be better off because then you could literally lose one and you could lose the controller and you'd still have all your drives and all your data. You would but, be better um, off because five is more than three. Exactly. <laughs> five but is a bigger number. The exact issue, the reason why it takes so long to boot is actually the RAID controller itself and the BIOS on the machine actually load into their own proprietary memory prior to booting the machine. Why? Because it's actually a server. Yeah, but even... And the server architecture just takes that long. What's the manufacturer of the, the server, or at least the motherboard? So Curtis can know what never to buy. Yeah. It's a new Dell. Oh, really? okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, buy Dell. Yeah. I'm Michael Vindeven. Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous, because if yeah. that thing's sitting up in, in the cloud somewhere, you reboot it, or, or not even in the cloud, just all the way on the other side of the building from you, and you reboot it. You could walk to it probably quicker or drive there. Yeah, I could literally walk. If I reboot my server, my my now workstation, because I've got a, a GPU running in it, if I reboot it, I could literally go make dinner, start eating before it finishes rebooting. Well, I, view that, Stay away from pizza I view that as a feature. That's a computer that yeah. says, hey, you know what? You just take you your time. You need to take a break. You just take yeah. your time, deal with your family stuff. I'll be here cranking away doing my thing. You go do your thing. Yeah, you know, you come back. Uh, we'll talk. Well, remember back in the day, Microsoft had a feature called the blue screen of death that was telling you it's time to take a break. Hey, Curtis. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen one of those in a long time, dude. Curtis, every time you try to go in there, goes piss. I said what I was going to Are you go doing that on purpose? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, action. Is that what you're saying? You can't do it now because I will believe that it's actually happening with you. Oh, uh, no, I'm not that good. I couldn't I couldn't fake that. I, I'm not really either. I, I messed up a couple of times there. All right, Gatun, you got anything else or is that it? That's it for you, gentlemen, today. Uh, I feel stupid that I didn't guess the riddle. I should have said raid controller. I would have looked so much smarter. It, well, it, it's okay. You'll get it next time. You'll oh, knock it damn out. Damn Anyway, if you want to be on the show tonight, the number to call is 573-837-4948. We have noticed a huge uptick in the number of calls we get during the show. I know, which, that's awesome. Which has been great. Not a lot of podcasts actually get calls. So that is wonderful. Here's something interesting. Nissan pledges affordable, self-driving car models by the year 2020. Um, they announced it today. They're going to have multiple commercially viable Autonomous drive vehicles by 2020, a deadline that GM and automotive supplier Continental also have set. Google, however, has set more ambitious goals for its autonomous vehicle program. Google co-founder Sergey Brin predicted the arrival of self-driving cars for the general public by 2017. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the greatest things that's ever happened for humanity. Imagine the number of lives Oh, they're going to be saved. I mean, you, you're worried about cancer research and shit. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot more people die of cancer every year, but this is something that <clears throat> we definitively can do, that we know how to do, the technology to do currently exists. It's not necessary for us to make any changes to our road system for this to work. 
that's been demonstrated by Google having an automated vehicle driving across the country, something on the order of, I think, 160 or 180,000 miles. And, oh, yeah, it had, accident. and it had one accident, and it wasn't even the Google car's fault that the accident I, it, occurred. It was the guy riding along in it. Was it? I thought it was, yeah. Oh. I, I thought the accident that it had was, because they always have a rider for emergency purposes, and I thought that they did something. They reacted. The problem is that I heard that the accident is because the Google car... Uh, has a blade in the dashboard that just randomly comes out and chops at people. He didn't mean to <laughs> enact that. So once they can work that it's feature a, out, the chopping blade, uh, I, I, think I don't that, think they should get rid of that. I think the Google car is going to be right there at the top of your shopping list. Yeah. Chopping blade free by year 2015. <laughs> the Google Google Look. Google car is. I can't say Google. <laughs> Google. I, I know. I sometimes, you know, like if you try and say oh. your own name, sometimes it's really hard to say your own name. Because you've said it so many oh. times, like, Michael Van Cleefium. Michael, oh, Michael Van Cleefium. Okay. <laughs> All the time Google. people call me Chris because I, I mangle my own name. I, even at my job, they announced me as Chris Thornton. <laughs> yep, I would call me, you guys. Chris Thornton. I don't yeah, know what go. they're thinking with that, but that's what I would do. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be great. Autonomous vehicles. I, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. We already have Fords that can parallel park themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen those. Have you, have you driven one of those? No. I, I, I don't know anyone who has one that's actually uh, self-parked or self-parallel parked on it. It kind of scares me. No, Curtis, my primary vehicle is 17 years old. <laughs> as, it, as it should be. <laughs> yeah. I, I expect you to, to live and work on a shoe. I've been driving the same car since 2004, and I plan to drive this thing until it explodes in my face. Well, that, that brings up something funny because, I mean, you and I both are really into tech, and we buy... You know the the tech gadgets that are you know the most exciting, whatever we can. But when it comes to cars, I I, I don't really care. I don't you know, either. I, I, I like cars. I like to look at them. I like to see other people's cars. But I'm not going to go into debt for whatever that thing might be. No, for the parallel parking. I've not I had a car payment in such a long time. Yes, yeah. here. No, I, I, I have no interest in it. I can do without that three hundred dollar a month payment. It's been. Yeah. I've not had a car payment since two thousand one. Imagine yeah, the money it, I've saved. Imagine the flexibility that I've had economically over the last 12 years that I otherwise wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have had. Car payments are just the scourge of God. Yeah, I've never understood that. Uh, I mean, I get the, you know, the cool cars. And you mentioned his uh, Mini, which is awesome. He's got it all tricked out, cool Mini. I'd love to have one of those, but I also <laughs> do not want a, a car payment when I've got iPads and uh, laptops and switches to buy. So what I do mean, you want to switches. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, uh, we, we kind of hit the main topics I wanted to in terms of... So basically uh, what you're saying Microsoft. is the show is over. I don't know if I'm saying it's over. Uh, well, I, I had a conversation with Google last week about the uh, Nexus 4, and uh, I got the most annoying... Or Nexus 7, sorry. Uh, I, I got the most annoying answer possible from a Google employee when I asked when the uh, LTE version of the, the tablet's coming out. And they said, you'll pretty much find out the same time we do. I said, okay, well, can you give me a hint? Is it you know, going to be this quarter, next quarter? Uh, should I go talk to my carrier to get one? And they sent me to a web page about an article about it, not even from Google. And that Your really audio is really just so distracting, you know? Man, that, that sucks. It's just so distracting. It sounds like, now it sounds like you have a short in your microphone. Although I know that's just not true. It's it's no. a uh, 
It's it's a bandwidth issue somewhere somehow. I think we should just go ahead and wrap the show up. You know. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I mean, yeah, the, new, the news is kind of thin. Uh, your mic, your your connection sucks, and I have uh, I have some tech work I have to do as soon as the show ends. <laughs> I won't fine. say exactly what it is, but I will say that it involves a certain radio host that you're probably going to want to be able to listen to soon. <laughs> and I, uh, I thought you were going to be hacking uh, Russia. I will be aiding in the process of facilitating your listening experience. <laughs> we'll say that. See you, Curtis. See you, everybody. See you. Later. Yeah.